Alright, good morning everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Excuse me, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And so anyway, uh, my name is Dave Everett and we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on experiencing the blessing of God. So bear with us this morning. We've been having some <coughs> technical difficulties the last few weeks. So we're trying to get these fixed so we don't have any interruptions. But just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And that includes all of our teachings, that includes this series and others. We get a lot of requests asking how you can follow our ministry, how you can contact us. You can contact us, follow our ministry, get involved in our ministry through our website, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. Well, our website is lighthousediscipleship.org. Okay. And then we are also on that page, uh, our webpage, you can also uh, partner with us in our ministry financially. If you're getting fed through this ministry, we thank you for in advance, and we also thank you for those who already are faithfully partnering with us in our ministry so we can do this and we can bring this uh, teachings to you. And you can find out all that information on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. Go to the Give page, it's highlighted in blue on the right, and you can uh, find out all that information there. Okay, so uh, if you are in the United States, we are 501c3, if that uh, is something that you're interested in. So anyway, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the message this morning. We're talking about experiencing the blessing of God. So again, we're not just talking about the blessing of God, even though we are. We're talking about experiencing it, you know. And so, let me just uh, launch off our teaching this morning from Romans chapter 8, verse 32, where Paul says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God, who did not spare his own son, and delivered us of us for us all, how shall he not with him also give freely? Freely, it's a gift, it's free. Freely give us all things. In other words, God proved he was for us at the cross. If God be for you, who can be against you? And if people are against you, in one sense, who cares? Because God's for you, <laughs> okay? And if God will give you Jesus, he will give you anything. Okay? In other words, if God will give you Jesus, why wouldn't he heal you? If God would give you Jesus, why would he not give you peace? If God is for you, if God would give you Jesus, why would he not provide for you? If God would give you Jesus, why wouldn't he bless you? Okay? But that's what we're talking about. Paul also said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, For all the promises of God, not just some, not just the top five, not just, it's not, it's not a, a lottery, the wicked, the win of the draw, or the luck of the draw, for all the promises of God are in Him, Christ, are yes, and in Him, Christ, amen, to the glory of God. Through us. In other words, God is glorified when we walk into all the promises of God. Okay? God didn't just make promises so it looks pretty on a, on a, on a, in a Bible. Okay? He gave us promises so that we can walk in them. And we can experience all the promises of God. 
We talked at length last week from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, how the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. You can go on our archives, and I, I, I look in more deeply at the word blessing, the, the, the phrase makes one rich, and also the, 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 the word sorrow. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. You know, a lot of people don't like that, including, and especially in the Christian circle, a lot of people don't like talking about richness and prosperity. Well, you, you know, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow to. I can add more scripture to this. Now, when we're talking about experiencing the blessing of the Lord, we're not just talking about finances, but we also are not excluding finances. Okay? A big portion of this is we'll be talking about finances in one sense, but it's not the only blessing of God. Salvation is, is, is our blessing. And salvation in both the Hebrew, Yeshua, and the Greek, Soteria, it means wholeness. It means healing. It means deliverance. It also means prosperity. Okay? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And when you believe what, we also talked about last week, what you believe connects with what you receive. Okay? If you don't believe that God, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, then you're not going to receive it. <laughs> okay? It will be according to your faith. Okay? At the same point in time, we also talked about last week, and we'll probably be hitting the subject a little bit more, God wants us to work and, and bless the work of our hands. That we are, we are the work. Okay? We're not putting our faith in what we do, we're putting our faith in God. But we, God says He wants to bless the work of our hands. One of our favorite verses, my wife and I, is from Psalm 90, verse 17. It says, let the beauty of the Lord... You know, everything God does is beautiful. God has never made a piece of junk yet. Okay? Everything God has created, He said was good. And we are good in the, in the eyes of God. Because if we receive Jesus, we are good. Okay? And let the beauty of the Lord... God, if you have a piece of junk, if you have a mess, God can beautify it. Okay? And the beauty of the Lord our God... Let, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. In case we didn't get it right, he said it twice. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Okay? We'll talk about this even more as we go forward as far as work. Uh, there's an element of grace in the blessing of God, but also God also says he wants to bless the work of our hands. And we'll look at this a little more closely in, 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 uh, later in our study. So in the, in the study, we're basically looking at three different things. We're looking at the covenant of blessing, which we started talking about last week, which we will continue talking about this week. Next week, we'll start talking about the priestly blessing. And in the weeks following, we'll talk about the commanded blessing. Okay? So again, we're talking about this week, again, the covenant of blessing. God has covenant of blessing with us. And then we'll talk, uh, let me go back to the slide, that we'll be talking about next week, the priestly blessing, and we will be talking about the commanded blessing. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. The covenant of blessing, that's what we're talking about. Last week, we talked. We started talking about this, how God blessed Adam. We looked at Genesis 1.28, where it says, And God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
We read more context, but I'm, in my recap, I keep it simple. God blessed them. God not only blessed Adam and Eve, God blessed mankind. And he gave us dominion and authority. So we talk about how God blessed Adam, but we also talk about how God blessed Noah. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, it says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That sounds almost identical to what God told Adam and Eve. Not only did we look at Adam, Adam and Noah, but we spent most of our time last week looking at Abraham. And I'm not going to recap all of this this week, because there's about nine different times where God spoke a blessing over Abraham by covenant. And we also looked at, even with Adam and Noah, that God, uh, I don't have that verse in front of me this morning, but, God, you know, God keeps his covenant. And any word that he speaks is a covenant. I mean, is there anything that God promises that is not a covenant? I mean, that, does God never keep his word? If someone's going to keep their word, is that in not one sense of the word a covenant? You know, we've lost that through the years. It used to be uh, someone, someone's word is their bond. You know, people used to make deals with a handshake. You know, now we have to have all these long contracts and whatnot, and, and, and even then there's... Uh, uh, loopholes and them. Uh, they're not even a contract. They're just uh, a bunch of, bunch of garbage, you know. Uh, and so, and to a certain degree, I understand that to protect yourselves, whatnot. But when it comes to God, His word is His bond, and God will honor every word that comes out of His mouth. God says He honors His word above His own name. Okay, but. With Abraham, we talked at length, and we'll be, we'll be going back to Abraham back and forth throughout this series, because there's a lot that God has said to Abraham that also is for us who are in Christ. Okay, in Genesis 12, God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And some people don't like talking about the blessing of the Lord. Well, then you don't like talking about Abraham because God is very specific and uh, you can't miss that God wanted to bless Abraham. It says, and I'm going to speak ahead, but in Galatians 3.29, we did touch this last week, if we are Christ and we are Abraham's seed, and we, are, we can inherit the blessing. We're going to be looking at some other scriptures again today from Galatians chapter 3, how God promised this to Abraham. To that, through Jesus Christ, we can receive the same blessing. Okay? One of the reasons, though, that where God blesses us is so that we can be a blessing. Going back to Genesis 12, 3 real quick. He says, I mean, God says, I'm going to bless you, and you shall be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. You can't be a blessing to other people if you're not blessed first. We always teach that it's better to give than receive, but you can't give something you don't have. If you don't first receive it from God, you have nothing to give to other people. Jesus said, freely you receive, freely give. And he was talking about that when he told the 70 to go out, heal the sick, cast out devils, and raise the dead. Freely you receive, freely give. What have we received? We started off with Romans chapter 8. If he who did not spare his own son, how will he not also give you all things? You got Jesus! And if you have Jesus, you have the healer, you have the provider, 
You have the God of our wisdom. You have salvation. You have the fullness of God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You have everything. If you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Okay? Jesus said, apart from me, you can't do anything. And we are blessed to be a blessing. We've talked about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the... We are blessed to be a blessing. And he said, and in you, through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The Bible says in the New Testament, we are the light of the world. That we are the salt of the earth. That we are been redeemed by Jesus to be kings and priests that we should reign on the earth. How are we going to reign? We're blessing it. We're here to be a blessing. Okay? We are blessed to be a blessing. You can't be a blessing if you're not first blessed yourself. If you're poor as a church mouse, you can't bless anybody. And I'm not, again, I'm not just talking about finances, but I'm also not excluding finances. Deuteronomy also says that we are to, we are to, be, uh, we are to lend the many and borrow from none. We're blessed going in and blessed going out. We're the head, not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We are blessed. We are the people of God. We are the children of God. And so one of the reasons God blesses us is for us to be a blessing. It's not... Some people don't like talking about prosperity because they think it's selfish. There's nothing selfish about this. What's selfish is like, is an attitude, we're okay, we're content with what we have, and it's us for no more. That is a sorry, self-centered excuse that you don't want to be blessed so you can bless other people. You only care about you and your four. That is selfish. Okay? And I understand there's a there's a pecking order that, you know, there's a lot of people, we get a lot of people, different countries especially, who want us to, 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 to meet their ministry needs. And they don't even know Sherry and I. They don't know that we work three or four jobs. So in one sense, what I'm hearing, you want us to work to feed your table, but you don't care if we have food on our table. That's wrong. You might not know that. You might not be implying that, but you're also asking for a handout when you don't even know our situation. And none of those people have offered to bless us. Now, and I'm not trying to say that to be mean, I'm just making a point. We're to be blessed to be a blessing. And then you, know, you might shoot back and say, well, why are you guys struggling? There's a lot of different reasons why we're going through what we're going through. But we're trusting God and we're trying to get to a point where we're not... One of the things that hurts Sherry and I the most is not just we're sometimes, well, sometimes when we struggle... One of the things that hurts us the most when we're struggling is that we can't be a blessing. That hurts us. Because the me, uh, uh, there's a part of me that is unfulfilled when not only are our needs not met, and I'm not trying to paint a picture that we're struggling big time, I'm just saying that things have been a little tight lately. And when things are a little tight, you know, we don't have the extra. And I'm not okay with that. I'm preaching this message not only to you, but I'm preaching this message also to us. We need to hear this too. Okay? Sometimes people forget that pastors bleed too. That we go through the same things, the same struggles that everyone else does. And yet everyone else expects us to be perfect, and we're not. At the same point in time, I'm not satisfied with where we are. We want to get to a place where we are a better blessing. But I'm also not going to be have the attitude where my wife is okay, we don't care about other people. If you know us, we don't just meet our own needs. We meet other people's needs. We might not be reaching every need, 
And God never called us to meet every need. God never called one single person to meet every single person's need. No, that didn't work that way. Okay? Jesus said he will always have the poor among you. Even Jesus said that. Now, uh, anyway, let me get back. I got off a rabbit trail. Let me get back. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8.18. We're going to spend more time on here throughout this teaching. But Deuteronomy 8.18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he, God, may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. There's a covenant that God has swore to our fathers. Who's our fathers? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Joseph, and we're going to get into some of those things today. He said, God says, God says he gives us the power to get well. In other words, God gives you the power to get well. Why does he give you the power to get well? Why does he do that? To establish his covenant. He doesn't make you poor to, to establish his covenant. He gives you the power to get well. Now, we're going to spend more time on this now at the end of our message today and also in future, future teachings. But let me go forward, because right now I'm re, 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 uh, recapping what, some of the things we talked about last week. We also went last week to Genesis 14. Genesis 14, <coughs> Lot was captured uh, and, and, and by nine different kings, and Abraham sent 318 men to go rescue him, and after he rescued them, the king of Salem came to, came to meet him as well as the priest king of Melchizedek and Melchizedek spoke a blessing over Abraham and he, said, and he Melchizedek blessed him Abraham and said blessed be Abram of God most high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hands and he Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe he didn't pay a tithe he gave a tithe big difference Okay, and we spent some time talking about that last week. In other words, these are just a set of examples how Abraham was blessed. And Melchizedek, if you've ever studied Melchizedek, and you can study this in more detail, excuse me, in Hebrews chapter 7, Melchizedek is a type of Christ. He's a priest king. Jesus, it says that Jesus is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Not after the order of Levi. In the Levitical law, the law of Moses, a priest and a, king, a, a priest could not be a king, and a king could not be a priest. But uh, how do you know that Jesus is not only our king, but he is also our priest? It says that he is our king of righteousness, and he is our king of peace. And he is also our great high priest. Now, because of that, was the king priest of Salem, also known as Jerusalem. This is before the law, this is before Christ, uh, this is before really the Jewish nation, the Hebrews became the Hebrews. Uh, it, it came out of Abraham, it's in the works in this context, but it hasn't, the Hebrews, Israel, they haven't become Israel yet. They don't even exist yet. But, because Abraham's the father, it's, it's, it's in the works. Abraham doesn't even have an offspring yet. He doesn't even have, he did have 318 soldiers, so it, it, it is in the works. My point is that this type of Christ blessed Abraham. And I love this blessing. I believe we can also adapt this blessing to our life, that we are 
blessed by the God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And the God most high have delivered us from all of our enemies, whatever they may be, whether it be sickness, whether it be lack, whether it be whatever the enemy may be, you know, uh, if God be for us, who can be against us? So we talked about the last week how God blessed Adam, how God blessed Noah, and how God blessed Abraham. Today, I want to start talking about how God blessed Isaac as well. Okay? We end the story with Abraham in Genesis 24. But in Genesis 25, <coughs> excuse me, it talks about how it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son, Isaac. Okay? And then we pick up the story in, in chapter 26. And there was a famine in the land. There was also a famine during the time of Abraham when he also went to Abimelech. And he went to Abimelech twice. And also almost gave his wife away because he was a fear. Okay? But there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. <coughs> excuse me. And then we're picking up verse, 20, uh, verse 3. Excuse me. And God tells Isaac, Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Okay. Verse 4, And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven, and I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. This is all sounding very similar to what God promised Abraham. Right? Uh, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. Going back real quick, I'm going to bless you as, as a... As a um, going back... As the stars of the heaven, verse 4, you know, it's all sounding very similar to what God promised Abraham. In other words, there's a famine going on in the land, and God tells Isaac, stay here because I'm going to bless you here. How many know we need to get direction from God? There could be famines in the earth. Right now, the world is going with COVID. There's other things going on in the world. The world is going crazy in many ways. We need to hear from God. And whether we go there or whether we stay here, okay? A lot of people, during that day, during that era, if there was a famine, most people went to Egypt, okay? Because that's how, that there was for survival, okay? But let's pick up the story, verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold, in one year, a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. How many of you know it? it it behooves us to hear what God says and do what God says. Verse 13. And the man, Isaac, began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Verse 14. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants, so that the Philistines envied him. The place he was going to go for refuge envied him. Okay? That's, I don't know about you, but I, that's awesome. And I believe it's time for the church to rise up and take possession. Okay? In other words, I believe God wants to bless us so much in the church 
And I'm not just talking about the lighthouse inside which I'm church. I'm talking about the church universally. I believe God wants to bless us so much in the church, He makes us an advertisement of how He treats His children. I believe God wants to bless us so much in the church that He makes us the envy of the world, just like the Philistines envied Isaac. Okay? Some people might not agree with me with that, but I do. I, 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 you know, I believe we should be a lighthouse, an example, a beacon of, I want what you have because what you have is working. Not just financially, but your health is blessed, your health is prosperous, your relationships are prosperous, you are prosperous. There was something about Isaac that even the world said they were envious. And I know a lot of people don't like that word, and it's normally used in a, in a negative con, con, concept. We shouldn't be envious of the world. We shouldn't be envious of one another. I would preach that. James 3.16 says, when, there, when there's envy, there's every evil work. But there's something about being an example, there's something about being an advertisement of how God blesses us. We shouldn't have to go to the world to receive help. We should be blessing the world. We are the people of God. We are different. And we should look different. We should sound different. We should talk different. We should believe different. Okay? I'm not talking about we'd be greedy. I'm not talking about we'd be selfish. I'm talking about what God said to Abraham and, and Isaac. I've got to bless you so that you can bless the nations. Not Egypt. Not Abimelech. Not the world. But you will be a blessing. Okay? Again, for he, Isaac, had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants so that the Philistines envied him. The blessing of God enables you to abound, even in famine. I don't care what's going on in the world. We are not controlled by any government. We are not controlled by any economy. We are part of God's economy. He is our king. And we are of the kingdom of God. We are sojourners in this earth. And God is our supply. And God will, the blessing of God will enable us to abound even when the world is going to a famine, COVID, or whatever it might be. Another way of saying the same thing, <coughs> excuse me, the blessing of God enables you to increase even in the time of famine. You know, one thing I like about this Isaac story, we, we can talk about Abraham and how he was child, childless, but, and, and Abraham endured some famines too. We didn't talk about that in our last teaching. But we brought it out with Isaac. You know, the blessing of God is not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is not based on what, how things are going on in the world. The whole world can be falling apart. But we are increasing because we are blessed by God. And Isaac, the whole world was going to a famine area at that time because, by the same point in time, Isaac was blessed where the Philistines, where a lot of people were going to the Philistines for help. Isaac even considered it. Okay? But Isaac was blessed because God was his supplier, God was his source. 
And when the world is running in fear, we can move forward by faith in the blessing of God. God has made a covenant of increase, a covenant of blessing with us. Okay? God blessed Adam. He blessed Noah. He blessed Abraham. He blessed Isaac. And he also blessed Jacob. Who's Jacob? Jacob is not only Isaac's son, but Jacob is Abraham's grandson. I talked about last week how I don't believe in uh, generational curses, but I do believe in generational blessings. Okay? Now, now we're going to see how Abraham was blessed, and Isaac was very prosperous, and now we're going to see how Jacob was extremely prosperous. Okay? Genesis 27, real quick. Therefore, may God... What we're picking up here in Genesis 27, Isaac is on basically his deathbed, and he's ready to bless his son. If you read the story of Jacob, you know that Jacob and his mom, Rebecca, had a scheme to deceive Isaac because his eyes were, were, were he was basically blind. Isaac thought he was bless, blessing Esau, but he was actually blessing Jacob. But if you also know the story, Earlier on, before all of that happened, Esau sold his birthright to his brother Jacob. Man, you know, Isaac might not have known that. Rebecca might not have known that, but God knew that. Okay? And I'm not saying that God was behind this, uh, this, uh, secrecy. That same point in time, this is what's going on when we get to Genesis 27. And so Isaac is blessing Jacob, even though he's thinking he's blessing Esau. And he says, Therefore, may God bless you of the dew of the heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Grain and wine speaks of covenant. It speaks of communion. It speaks of um, the, uh, the, the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Okay? 29. Let people, same blessing, let people serve you and nations bow down to you, be master over the, your brethren. And let your mother's son bow down to you. Curses be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. God says the same thing to Abraham. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Okay? <coughs> Let's look at this covenant of blessing with Jacob. First of all, Isaac blessed Jacob. Okay? And when Jacob received the blessing, Esau got mad. Because Esau thought he was tricked, and he was tricked in a certain way. But then again, let's, let me go off on this just for a second. Why is Esau mad at Jacob? He thinks he's, he stole the birthright, but Esau already sold the birthright. Okay, he already sold it, and the blessing goes. The blessing goes with the birthright. You have. And you, as a child of God, have a birthright as a child of God. We don't think about that many times. We use the phrase that we're a son or daughter of God, but you have a birthright. Being a son and daughter, a child of God. And the blessing goes with the birthright. But Esau got mad at Jacob, but Esau despised the birthright. He wanted it for... uh, a bowl of stew or whatever it was. I think it, I think it was something else, but even worse than that. 
But if you despise the birthright, you will miss out on the blessing. Don't despise who you are. Don't despise that you're a child of God. Don't despise the birthright and you will receive the blessing. You're not blessed because of what you do. You're blessed because of who you are in Christ. But let's go back to covenant blessing. Isaac blessed Jacob. And when Jacob received a blessing, Esau got, Esau got mad. So Jacob left. He fled. And then we, we had the whole ordeal in the desert we call Jacob's Ladder. And God, he makes, Jacob makes a covenant with God. Where he also makes a covenant he's going to tithe. God didn't tell him to do it. He didn't pay a tithe, but he made a covenant that he, if God would bless him, that he would tithe. Okay? And then Jacob finds himself in Laban's house. The same house where uh, Abraham's servant found a wife for Isaac. Okay? Who's Laban? Laban is, uh, is uh, um, Rebecca's sister. I mean, brother. Okay? And Laban changed, we also know the story, that Laban changed Jacob's wages ten times. You know, some of you might look at your life, and maybe the reason you're in the situation is because someone like Laban took advantage of you. Whether it be, you know, uh, we've had people take advantage of us in many different ways. In horrible ways. Some of them were financial ways. Some of them were, were all catastrophic in nature if, 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 got, if we weren't blessed by God, but we are blessed by God. Jacob was blessed by God, and no matter what Laban did, no matter what Esau wanted to do, Esau wanted to kill him, Laban was taking advantage of him, because he was a con artist, and and then after he worked for, for Laban for excuse me, 14 years, I believe it was, then, then when Jacob was trying to make a peace offering with Esau, and he gave him a gift to ease his wrath. This gift was millions of dollars worth in our, in our money today. He gave him a lot of offspring. But while, even while J Laban was taking advantage of Jacob, Laban was blessed because Jacob was there. Okay? It's much like Joseph when, when Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was there. Laban was blessed <coughs> because Jacob was there. So, Isaac, I don't know why I'm doing this again. So, my point is, you can't curse a man that God bless. Esau tried to, wanted to. Laban tried to. But you can't curse a man that God bless. People might try to take advantage of you, but you can't curse a man that God bless. God has told Abraham, he told Jacob, he told Isaac, I will curse those who curse you and I will bless those who bless you. But just because God's cursing those who curse you, your blessing doesn't change. Your blessing is not contingent on how other people treat you. You are blessed by God. It's an eternal blessing. Man can't touch it. Okay? They can try. And if you let them, they can deceive you into thinking that they are taking advantage of you. But you are blessed by God. Okay? We have to believe that. We, we're either going to believe God or we're going to believe man. We're going to believe the circumstances or we're going to believe someone else. You can't believe both. It doesn't work that way. Okay? Now, this is where we pick up the story with Laban. 
And Laban said to Jacob, as he's getting ready to leave, he's paid off his debts, he's done his duty, God has blessed Jacob, but God has also blessed Laban. And he says, and Laban says, please stay. If I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. He's learned this the hard way. That's why he kept changing the wages. He was trying to con the man, man who was blessed. But you can't con the man who's blessed, because no matter how you con him, he's still going to be blessed. Okay? Then he said, Laban said, Name me your wages, and I will give it. He's already named it ten times. Okay? He's not going to change. He's going to try to con him again. But anyway, then Jacob said to him, You know how I have served you, and how your livestock has been with me. But what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming, and now when shall I also provide for own house? There's a lot I can piggyback on here. But some of you might have a job or experience or a situation where you don't like being there. You're, you're serving a layman in, in many ways. But, and they might have little when, when, when you came, when you showed up. But the Lord had blessed them since they came. There's been a lot of jobs through the years, retail especially. I, had, I used to have bosses who came to me and said, how come your, de your department in the store is up 200% in sales? And my answer is because you know, I love those kind of questions because I'm blessed of God. Your store, your department. I had another manager tell me one day, everything you touch turns to gold. Why? He called me, he, my, he gave me the nickname Midas. The Midas touch, everything you turn to gold. I'm blessed of God. And no matter, he says, no matter what department we put you in, no matter where we put you in the store, that department becomes blessed. I've had many managers through the years tell me that. And I'm not trying to say this to glow. I'm talking about I'm talking about the experiencing the blessing of God. And you might not like the job you are in right now, but while you are there, bless it. Until God moves you forward, until you get a new job, bless it. You might be in a country where the government is oppressive, but bless your land, bless your field, bless your house. Bless your family. You might not like your car. Bless your car. We were given a car a few years ago. We were told it only had six months of life left. We blessed it. You said, you're going to get us to Bible college. It, we, we're going to finish this. Bless it. Bless your computer. Bless these things. Bless the people that you're around and the home that you might be living. They might be worldly. They might be a coward like Raven, but bless them. In Jesus' name, while you're there, be a blessing. Okay? And God blessed Laban for Jacob's sake. And then we get the story of Esau. Going, like I said, he, uh, I mean, Jacob went to go meet Esau in the way he sent gifts and caravans ahead. He even sent his wives ahead and, and whatnot. He was in the back. In many ways, he was acting like a coward. But at the same point in time, he also wrestled with God. And during that time, God changed Jacob's name to Israel, which means prince. And he said, you have struggled with God and man and have prevailed. <coughs> okay? So we've looked so far at how God blessed Adam, God blessed Noah, God blessed Abraham, God blessed Isaac, Jacob, but God also blessed Joseph. Who's Joseph? Joseph is Abraham's great-great-grandson. He's still part of the family. Okay? And where Abraham was blessed, 
and prosperous. Isaac was very prosperous. Jacob was extremely prosperous. I actually, I don't know why it wasn't in my notes, but I had a verse here. There's a verse that I don't have the reference where it says, Jacob was extremely prosperous. Okay? And, uh, and then it says, Joseph was the prime minister of Egypt. He became that. Okay? But let's pick up the story real quick. In, in Genesis 39 1, Joseph had just been, uh, you, you know the story, before I go here real quick, you know the story where, um, uh, Isaac, I mean, Jacob really loved Joseph. He had 12 sons, but he favored Joseph above them all. We have the coat of many colors. We know that his brethren was jealous of Joseph. Okay? And because of that, they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Who's the Ishmaelites? The Ishmaelites is Abraham's illegitimate child that he and Sarah uh, produce. Okay? But anyway, uh, and Joseph was brought down to Egypt. The Ishmaelites probably sold him, people in Egypt, down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an, off, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him Joseph of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down to there. Okay? And then it says, verse 2, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master's. How do you, how does Joseph become prosperous? He's a slave. When he got to Egypt, he probably had nothing but a loincloth. He had nothing. And yet, no matter where he was going, just like his, his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, he became a prosperous man. And just like Jacob and his master, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he, Potiphar, did prosper in Joseph's hand. Did Je Joseph even want to be there? No. He was a slave. He was strict. He was sold. He was mistreated. He was betrayed. And yet God blessed him. And Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was there. And the one I see note of this is that the Philistines saw the blessing on Isaac. You know, Laban saw the blessing on Jacob. And Potiphar saw the blessing on Joseph. The world can see something that's something different. Okay? And so Joseph found favor in his sight, Potiphar's sight, and served him. And then he made... Now Joseph didn't revolt. He served him. And then he made him, Potiphar made Joseph, overseer of his house, and all that he had put under his authority. And so it was from the, that time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, not just some of it what he had. He wasn't just a butler or something. He was, he was overseer over his entire house that the Lord blessed the Egyptian Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. The same way that God blessed Laban. And the blessing of the Lord was in all that he had in the house and in the field. The covenant and blessing of Joseph. Let's look at this real quick. Joseph was blessed in his father Jacob's house. He was blessed. Excuse me. He was blessed in Potiphar's house. If we continue to read the story, he was blessed in the prison house. And then we continue to read the story. He Joseph was blessed in Pharaoh's house. Wherever he was, and he this story started because his own brothers took advantage of him, mistreated him. But no matter what happened, 
And he was mistreated in Potiphar's house by Potiphar's wife. He got to prison. He was forgotten by the people he gave dreams to. Got out of prison. One died and one didn't. But God, wherever he was, even in prison, he was blessed. You cannot curse a man that God blessed. It's like that little weevil wobble. It, you can push it forward, it will just get back up. Why? Because he's blessed. And we might go through things. Paul says we might go through things in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but we are crushed down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because we are blessed. We might have a bad day. We might lose a few battles, but we will win the war. We will win. It's a fight of faith. If you've fallen down, if you had a bad day, if you're having a bad spell, get back up. Fight the fight of faith. Because you are blessed of God. Pharaoh became the richest man on the planet because he put Joseph in charge. God can bless you. God can bless your, your family. God can bless your city, your community, your circle of influence, your village, your country because of you. Don't limit the blessing of God. Joseph had instructions from God. Going back real quick, Pharaoh was blessed because of Joseph in charge. But Joseph got instructions from God. And we need instructions from God. Isaac got instructions from God. Jacob, Abraham got instructions from God. We need to know what God is saying. The world is going crazy. But we, are, we can go to Abba. We can go to Papa. The people in the world are going crazy in our day, in your country, in my country, in the world. Jesus said it would be like this. Paul said it would be like this. Peter, James, John, they all said it would be like this. All the apostles said that in these last days it would be perilous times. But we are the people of God. We are the children of God. We are the blessed of God. We inherit the blessing in Christ. So through this teaching so far, and we're talking about the covenant of blessings, we are talking about how God has blessed Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And now we're going to switch it to the New Testament where God has blessed Jesus. And because God has blessed Jesus, God has blessed us. Does that make sense? Okay. Galatians 3.8, real quick. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, And in you all the nations shall be blessed. When God approached Abraham in Genesis 12 and also in other times in his life, he says, In you all the nations will be blessed. Paul calls that the gospel. Okay? And we, go, and we continue reading verse 9. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Abraham was blessed. His kids, his grandkids, his great-grandkids were blessed and very prosperous to be a blessing to all the nations. And if we are of faith, if we believe in Jesus, we too are blessed with believing Abraham. Going down to the same chapter, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, as is written, Cursed everyone who hangs on the tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, us, in Christ Jesus, 
that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I spent a lot of time the last, last week and this week talking about how God blessed the patriarch, how God blessed Abraham and his kids. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. We talked a lot about the Spirit in the last few months. The promise of the Spirit through faith. I hope you're getting this. A lot of people don't like talking about this. But Paul preached it. Okay? In other words, if you are born again, you are blessed. You are born again of incorruptible seed. There's no corruption there. You're not born of corruptible seed. You're born again. You're not of the seed of Adam. You're of the seed of Christ. The seed of Abraham. If you believe on Jesus, you are blessed. You are blessed with believing in Abraham. You are blessed by the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. <coughs> you are blessed coming in and going out. You are blessed in your spirit, in your mind, and in your body. You are blessed in your finances and in your storehouse. Deuteronomy chapter 28. You are blessed everywhere you go. Everything you touch. You are blessed by the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. We have a covenant blessing that we inherit in Christ. You cannot inherit this blessing any other way but in Christ. So that the blessing of Abraham, again, verse 14, upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He goes on to say before he ends the chapter, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I don't know about you, but I'm going to make this declaration in my life, and I need to make it every day. I am of the seed of Abraham. I am not moved by what I see. I am of the seed of Christ. I'm born of God, and I'm not moved by I'm not moved by what I see, but I am moved by whom I believe. I'm moved by the word of God. So we have talked about how God blessed Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. I I could I could go to a lot more examples. And then we talked about how because he's blessed them, especially Abraham, we are blessed through Jesus Christ. Okay? But to get in on this blessing, you need to receive Jesus. You need to be of Abraham's seed. You need to be of Christ's seed. But John says it this way, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And if you are born of God, you are Christ, then you are of Abraham's seed, you are blessed. So we talked, we looked at uh, eight different ways that we are, to the, to how we are blessed. We looked at six examples in the, in the Old Testament and how we're blessed through Jesus. This is not an exhaustive study, but we've been talking about the covenant of blessing. God made a covenant with these men, and there's a covenant. And that covenant stems all the way to Christ, and it stems all the way to us. Because what God promised Abraham. Okay? But let's switch gears here just for a moment. We're still talking about the covenant blessing before we totally finish out today's message. But in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, God says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to His fathers as it is to this day. 
He gives us power to get wealth. God does not give us wealth directly. We need to hear that. Okay? Because if you read this verse, going back, and, you, and you're hearing that God's just going to give you wealth, you're wrong. That's not what it says. God does not give you power, give you wealth directly. God gives us power or blessing to obtain that wealth. Okay? When we act in faith to what God has given us to do, what God has blessed us with, wealth is produced. Those who are just, some people are going to be offended by this, but I'm going to teach it anyway. Those who are just praying for wealth but are not acting in faith will not see their abundance of your desires. If you are just asking God to bless you or make you wealthy, that's not how it works. First of all, you are already blessed and you need to believe it. Don't ask God to do something he's already done. Receive it. You know, if I gave you a million dollars, or at least I offered a million dollars, and then you come to me and ask me to bless you, why do you ask me to bless you if I'm giving you a million dollars? Why don't you just take what I'm giving you, and you'll receive the blessing? Okay? We're not just we're not begging God to give us wealth. We are we are acting in faith. And the blessing that God has already given us, the ability. We already talked about how the power to get wealth is ability, it's uh, provision. It's, it, it, it means that, and that word power to get wealth. Going back real quick to this verse. This word power means ability. It, means, it also means wealth. Sometimes you need wealth to get wealth. That makes sense? Okay? But God gives you the ability, gives you the provision the capability, the wisdom of knowing how to give that wealth. In other words, going back real quick to where we just were, and what we talked about earlier, God blesses the work of your hands. You know, Jesus, how many times, Jesus said this, this way, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How did Jesus operate? When he wanted to feed the multitudes, and even the, even the, um, the disciples said, we don't even have enough wages we need a whole year's wages just to feed us many people. One meal. Jesus took one boy's lunch twice to feed the multitudes. Jesus took the, the, the coin out of the fish's mouth to pay taxes. Jesus turned the water into wine. Jesus had Peter cast up a net on the other side of the boat. And he caught such a great amount of fish that he needed help to, to will it in. How did Jesus deal with things? He, he, he stopped storms. He cursed fig trees. He commanded things. He spoke things into existence. God will bless the work of your hands. We can give you other examples. How, how did We have the story with Elijah where the widow's oil. She went to go get many jars. And when she, she kept getting jars, and she poured the oil into the new jars, it just began to multiply like the fish and the loaves. And she sold her oil to pay off her debts. We can give you example, example after example how God can take what you have and he can bless it with his beauty and he can bless the work of your hands. But you need to put your hands to something. God can't bless something if you're not putting your hand to something. Okay? It says in Psalm 34, actually Psalm 37, not 34, Trust in the Lord and be, do good. 
dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Dwell in the land. Kind of like how he said, well, where God has put you. Commit your way to him, trusting him. And he, not you, will bring it to pass. God says he gives you the power to get well. He also says in Deuteronomy 28 that the Lord will command. We'll talk about this a lot more towards the end of our service, our, 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 our series. <coughs> he says, the Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouse. And in all to which you set your hand. That's the same connotation we're talking about from Psalm 90. God will not only bless your storehouse, but God will bless all that you put your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. God says he will bless all that we set our hands to. However, if we are not setting our hand to anything, a hundred times zero equals zero. God cannot bless zero. You need to put your hand to something. You might be in a country or a situation where it doesn't seem like there's much. Start doing something. Put your hand to something. And God will bless it. Okay? Stop looking for handouts. Start doing something. Okay? And maybe you are, but receive from God. Believe God. God is your provider. God is your source. You have a covenant relationship with God. You do not have a covenant relationship with me. You have a covenant relationship with God. Okay? Now let's go look at Luke real quick. In Luke, we have the parable of the, of the, uh, of the uh, shrewd manager. Okay? Now this story sounds a little backwards, but Jesus is making a point here. Jesus said, I'm not going to read the whole story. And the Lord commanded the unjust steward, because he had done wisely, but the children of the world are in their, are in their generation wiser than the children of the light. What is that supposed to mean? It just sounds so backwards. But first of all, let me ask a question. Why did Jesus compliment a thief? That sounds so backwards. Jesus complimented the thief because, first of all, he learned money isn't true wealth. That sounds backwards way that I've been saying already today. See, God's favor that produces wealth is the real asset. It's not the money. It's the favor. It's the blessing. It's the grace. It's God. Okay? Real quick, going back to Deuteronomy, He gives you the power to get wealth, to establish His covenant. The power to get wealth is the real asset, not the wealth. You can take away the wealth, someone can steal it, someone, something can happen, but if you have the power, you can get it again. Make sense? It's a, if you have a, a mill and you're, you're producing something, someone can take your product, but if you still have the mill, you can make more. <coughs> okay? God does not give us wealth directly, He gives us the power to get wealth. So, why did Jesus compliment the thief? Because the thief learned money isn't the true asset. God's favor to produce that wealth is the real asset. See, the master was not in love with money. Because a lot of people think we're talking about prosperity, that we're in love with money. No. You're misunderstanding. The master knew the deceitfulness of riches. 
But the thief had blown all the money he stole up to this point. But now he was using the money he stole wisely. He wasn't advocating stealing. He was advocating how the, the wisdom of how to use money. There was other things he was talking about in this parable, but that's one of the things that came out. Okay, so, and the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of the world are in their, in their generation are wiser than the children of life. What does that last phrase mean? See, unbelievers today prepare for retirement better than believers prepare for eternity. You can get a lot of wise people who are just wise with their finances, but they're wise about preparing for the retirement. But most believe then most believers are preparing for eternity. How do we prepare for eternity? If we receive Jesus, we already have eternal life, right? We should be using our resources to bring others into the kingdom. If we're just thinking about we're fine, us for them no more, we're gonna be fine. But we should be we're blessed to be blessing to all the nations of the world. We're blessed to be a blessing. And the reason why we ask for tithes and offerings is so that we can we can bring this message and this message is like this to the world because the world needs Jesus. Okay. I hope I'm making sense with this, but God gives us the power to get wealth. We'll be talking about this more in the weeks to come and different things, but we're talking about the covenant of blessing. God gives you the power to get wealth so that He can establish His covenant. And I'll even. Piggyback on this even next week when we're talking about the priestly covenant. But really to recap here in Galatians 3.8. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preach the gospel to Abraham before him saying, And you, all the nations, shall be blessed. God wants to bless all the nations. Not just you. In your household. In your country. Your village. Or whatever it might be. God wants to bless all the nations through you. Why? So then those who are faithful, Abraham, are blessed with believing Abraham. Going back to verse 13, Christ has, been, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, and has written curses everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. For God did not give us, for you shall remember the word of God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. We have been talking about the covenant blessing. Next week we're going to start talking about the priestly blessing. And I'm excited about that. There's a lot. The Bible says that we are kings and priests. We are a royal priesthood. We are priests. And we are something that we as priests need to be doing. To bless all the families of the earth that he may establish his covenant. We are blessed to be a blessing. But it's going to be hard to be a blessing if we don't... If you know, How are you going to be a blessing to others if you are against God blessing you? If you are against the idea that God wants to bless you, how are you going to do the last part of that and be a blessing? How are you going to be a blessing if you are struggling to... To, to rub two, two nickels together. How are you going to be a blessing if you're sick? How are you going to be a blessing if you're struggling? And I'm not just talking about, see, prosperity is not just being prosperous in our finances, but it's our whole life being prosperous. 
Am I saying if you're prosperous that you're not going to have troubles? No, I'm not saying that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. The patriarchs. Did Abraham have some struggles? Yes. Did Isaac have struggles? Did Jacob have struggles? Did Joseph have struggles? Did Jesus have struggles? Did he not have people who persecuted him? Did Paul have struggles? And he called it light afflictions. You're not going to find one story in this book where someone didn't have struggles. But the promise is that we don't have to, even though we don't struggle, that he will deliver us out of them all. The word deliverance is the same word salvation that means prosperity. It's the same word. We are children of God. God wants to bless us. I am not, my life is not governed by my circumstances. No, my God governs my circumstances. I have the authority of God to tell my circumstances to bow to the word of God. To bow to the name of Jesus Christ. I have authority. God has, he says in Ephesians chapter 1, after I'm done with this series, I'm going to be talking about the four prayers of Paul. And one of those prayers is from Ephesians chapter 1, where God said he's put all things underneath our feet. And he also has said that he can do all exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in us. He who began a good work in you will perform it. I serve God. And he is going to bless the work of my hands. He's going to bless my storehouse. He's going to bless my life. And he is going to make my life a blessing. And that's what we call our, that's one of the reasons why we call our church Lighthouse. I want it to be a beacon for people to come get healed and get delivered and get disciples so that they in turn can go out and be a beacon to other people. That's, not, that's where, how this whole church started. And that's the name of this church. For a reason. Be a lighthouse. Discipleship. But you can't you can't reach other people unless you are going to be first be discipled. A disciple is a disciplined student. A disciple hears what God says and goes goes and does it. But you, but even the disciples had to be discipled before they yes, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, but they were also disciples. Jesus taught the word and he demonstrated the word. Paul was discipled. And some of the people who went along, I believe he was discipling them along the way. I just That's just my opinion with that part. But next week, we're going, we're going back to this slide real quick. We're going to be, we've talked about the covenant blessing. You being blessed is a covenant. And God's not going to break his covenant. You just need to believe it and receive it. And you have a covenant relationship with God. And he's giving you a story, example, he, said, he gave you the gospel to Abraham so that you, a Gentile, can receive it by faith and operate in it. People might take advantage of you. People might even steal your assets and different things. But if you know where you get the power, if you know the power how to get wealth, even if people take advantage of you, you can get more. Because there's more where it comes from. If I have God, no matter what people take from me, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, I'm not saying we can't protect some of that, but my point is, and we're going to get into this next week when we talk about the priesthood blessing. The priesthood blessing also means that God's going to not only bless you, but he's also going to keep you. God's going to protect the blessing that he gave you. We already saw in Isaac, especially in Jacob and, and Joseph, you cannot curse a man that God's blessed. How many times did Laban take advantage of, of Jacob? 
and yet he was still blessed. How many times did people take advantage of Joseph, and yet he was still blessed? The, 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 the men just would not fall down. The men would just not be destroyed. Even if they got put in prison, they were blessed. How did he become prosperous in jail? Joseph was. When you are a child of God, there's nothing that can stop you. Okay? And then we're going to talk about how God has commanded his blessing. It's a command. It's not just a covenant. It's not just a priestly blessing. It's a command. And yet most people wrestle with it. Most people, some people will even turn me off because I'm teaching this. Then you don't like the story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You don't like the patriarchs. And God, Paul said, if you're a Christ, you're Abraham's seed. You just, you're like Esau who despised the birthright. That's right. I mean, you, you have that choice. Esau had the choice. You know, I could, I could talk, I mean, Obadiah, the book of Obadiah is about the, how God's judgment on the, in some ways, um, the Edomites. Who are the Edomites? The offspring of Esau. And they, they weren't cursed because God cursed them. They were cursed because of how they responded to Jacob. God said, I will curse those who cursed you. Okay. And, you know, let me just say this. I'm wrapping up. I have two minutes left, so I'm just putting some fillers here at the end. I don't usually finish early, but uh, so this is a appreciative time. Be careful who you curse. You might have other brothers and sisters or ministers that you don't like their ministry or their lives, but if they are a fellow believer, be careful how you curse them. There's some people, you know, they, 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 they curse people because they have maybe a fancy car or a home, and yet you don't even know their seed. They might be giving away millions, and yet... Someone gave them a free car. I know a lot of ministers where they didn't buy the car, someone gave them a car. And yet people are rebuking them for having a nice car that they were given. You know? I believe in some ways we should be, in one, if you can hear my heart, in some ways we should be embarrassed by the blessing of God. That we just like, you know, I hope you get my heart. I'm not trying to think that we should be embarrassed, but it's just a, I'm trying to convey this in a way that can be understood. But the blessing of God will make you look good. And it will cause people like the Philistines to envy you. See, when there's some people I understand that they are greedy and they are covetousness and they're serving the God of Mammon, but then there's some people they are just blessed, like Isaac and people like the Philistines, people like Ishmael who despise Isaac. Uh, and our uh, uh, people like Esau, who despise the blessing, despise the birthright, are persecuting those who God has blessed. And it's not because they're wrong and being blessed. They're, the other one is just jealous. Their heart is wrong. Because they got their heart right, and they serve God and believe God. They can be blessed just like their brother and just like their sister. And if you curse them, you are cursing yourself. But you, if there's someone that you, if they're a believer, you might not even like them or agree with them, but if you bless them, God says he will bless those who bless you. Even if you don't understand anything else I'm saying, or agree with it, bless the people of God, and God says he will bless them. That's where 
You know, that's in some ways, that's where tithing comes in. Paul teaches about that a lot in the book of Philippians, in the book of Thessalonians, in Timothy. And other places he talks about, if you will bless God's ministers, God will bless you. He I mean, we, we read, the, we read the, the verse in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. That verse was written to the Philippians because the Philippians were the only church that was, was partnering and supporting Paul financially. Paul made that, if you read the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, Paul was blessing the church of Philippi because they were the only church that was blessing him financially. That verse, we can apply to our life, but he was speaking that blessing to those who are partnering with him in the ministry. And some people want to take that verse and get, they're not even doing what the Philippians were doing. And so, you know, you're taking, when you take a context out of a, when you take the text out of a context, you're left with a con. You know, and then you're frustrated why it's not working. When God has favors, he's blessing them, not blessing me. Well, you're not even doing what they're doing. And I said it before, it's insanity to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. If what you're doing is not working, then I would consider something new. Okay? Because the kingdom of God is supposed to work. I'm talking about, in this series, I'm talking about experiencing the blessing of God. I'm talking about the blessing of God, that's the subject, but I'm talking about experiencing it. I want you to experience what Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Adam, Noah, and, and the list goes on and on. I want you to experience, because God said, Paul said, in Galatians and other chapters, Jesus said, we can experience it. We inherited it. When you inherit something, you don't. The only reason you inherit it is by birthright. That is the only qualifier. So if you are born again, it is your inheritance. Why, whereby we cry out, "Abba, Father." Romans chapter eight. We have an inheritance, incorruptible. It's not just about finances. But, it, but how many of you know a kingdom, any kingdom, any government cannot run without some, some finances. We're going we're gonna to need some resources to reach the world. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week. But our first allegiance is to God, then to one another, and then the world. Some people are trying to reach the world, but they have no relationship with God. And they have no relationship with one another. And that is backwards. We want to reach the world, but we reach the world by having a relationship with God. And I've got to talk about that in the priesthood's blessing because it's in there. We, we minister to God first. The priests minister to God first and then to one another. And then we reach the world. Together. It's a we. Since we have this ministry, we do not lose our. It's plural. Jesus said that by two. Jesus commissioned the church in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and also look back. He commissioned the church to go as a unit. So we all go to the unit. He gives apostles, pastors, prophets, and evangelists. I said those out of order. So we all, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, till we all come to the unity of the faith. So that we can, it goes on to say in verse 16, so that we can edify ourselves, the church being plural, in love. God has blessed us. God has given, equipped us. No, no, we can bless him first, bless
bless one another second and then bless the world as a unit. If you're going to try to do ministry as a long ranger, you are out of line. Paul took Silas. Paul took Barnabas. Paul took Luke. Paul took Mark. Paul had other people go with him. Jesus even had the 12 disciples. And those 12 disciples were not the... the he didn't bite... He, you know, when Jesus picked the 12, he didn't pick the, the brightest crayons in the crayon box. One was a thief. Peter had a bad mouth. James, James and John wanted to call lightning down on everybody. wanted to judge everybody. Matthew was a tax, tax collector, which a lot of people think that's a thief too. He didn't have the most motley crew. And I'm getting on a totally different subject here and I'm trying to wrap this up. But we are blessed. And where does a blessing come from? Our relationship with God. And if you don't have a relationship, you have nothing to give anybody. Except yourself. And, if you, and yourself without Jesus is nothing. But you, no matter who you are, with Jesus is everything. If you have Jesus, you can heal the sick. You can cast out devils. You can raise the dead. You can bless. And if we understand this, we can be a blessing. Like, even jo Jacob was a blessing to Laban, who yeah. took advantage of him. Joseph was a blessing to Potiphar, the prison guard, and also the Pharaoh. And he actually became a blessing to all the people of the world because Joseph. I can talk about Daniel. I can talk about other people. Uh, we are to be a, even the disciples said that they turned the world upside down for Jesus because they had seen that these men had been with Jesus these men were different they were unlearned men but they were different yes they have the Holy Spirit that's the main ingredient even Philip even, even Stephen these were people men who waited on tables if you're a waitress or waiter just to give you some encouragement God used I mean Stephen must, I mean, Stephen wasn't even a preacher, and Paul stoned him for preaching the gospel. He was just a waiter. Philip, I mean, he was a waiter, but he, somehow he got caught up in the spirit to go chase a chariot. How I many of you start chasing chariots to preach the gospel alongside a chariot? I mean, I don't even know how to have a conversation when I'm running that fast. You know, and then he got baptized, he got tricked, so he was a Samaria. I always want to know, was he still wet when he got to Samaria? I don't know. But anyway, that, that doesn't matter. I'm trying to, we're blessed. And I don't know where Christianity, some Christians, people, get the idea that Christians are supposed to be poor, where it's more noble to be poor. But where do we get that? I mean, whoa. how is the world going to look at that and say, I want what you got. I want to be as poor as you are. And get the, the best thing... And sometimes when we Christians come, we're panhandling for money to feed the poor and do this and that. No! We are blessed! If you have an orphan tree the poor, you are blessed! Your source is not me. Your source is God, the maker of heaven and earth, the possessor of heaven and earth. Haggai says that he is the eight, he, uh, how does it say, that he, the God, God, God told Haggai, the silver and the gold is mine. I am desire of all nations. You, whatever, Jesus, God, is the desire of all nations. 
And whatever your desire is, whatever your need is, you can find it in God, in Jesus. Nobody else, nowhere else can you find it. But you can experience the blessing of God. And don't despise what you have in God. Don't limit God. I will fail you. Not because I want to, because I, I'm human. But God will never fail you. Great is his faithfulness. He is your source. He's your God. I can even take the word blessing out of this title. Come experience God. Experience His life. He has abundant life for you. He has a blessed life for you. And you might not be experiencing up to this point where your life can change starting today. You might have messed up. You might have, I don't care how you got to where you are. It, in one sense of the world, it doesn't matter. The matter is God is Jesus is your Savior, and He can get you on the right path now. And when God restores, I can give you scripture after scripture. When God <coughs> restores, He always restores double. He says, instead of shame, you shall have double honor. You might have been like the wasteland, but He said, you will be like the Garden of Eden again. God bless double. If someone stole from you, He says, He'll give you seven times back. God is good. If people steal from me, do I like it? No. But God says I will get sevenfold back. I'm taking my sevenfold. If you stole from me, you just bless me. Seven times. God is good. And I'm, I, how do I know this? Because God said it. And either I believe God or I believe my circumstances. Either I'm going to let my circumstances be my Lord or I'm going to let my God be my God. I am going to tell my God, my circumstances, to bow to my God. I am not going to tell my God to bow to my circumstances. That is backwards. We have authority. Not to misuse it, but we have authority to use the blessing God's given us to do what God's called us to do. And be who God's called to be. I believe if God's called you to do something, He's already given you everything you need to do and do it. And if you're not operating it, it's not God's fault. You need to learn how to experience blessing and tap into that resource and operate it. Even if you have to turn the water into wine. Even if you have to multiply the loaves and the fish to go do it. Even if you have to cast your net on the other side. Even if you have to go get all of the oil jars from your neighbors and, and multiply it to feed their dead. What, you might have to do a miracle to see your God's purpose in your life and your ministry to exist. But go do it. Go do what God. Don't limit God. The supernatural should be normal. And yet we we should, you know, when when the, I'm going over it, but I'm just fired up right now. You know, the, the 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 disciples came to Jesus when they were not able to heal the man who was the boy who was throwing himself in the fire. We 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 get upset with the disciples, but most of us could not kill the boy either. <coughs> At the same point in time, it bothered them that the boy wasn't healed. Most of us, and sometimes, <coughs> but most of us must. It's the norm when some people don't get healed. 
These are the same men who saw people get raised from the dead and demons cast out and whatnot. It was abnormal for someone not to get healed. And so it bothered them. For us, it's normal for somebody not to get healed. And it's, it's abnormal when people do get healed. It should be normal. The, the blessing of God should be normal for us. Not abnormal. God says we are blessed. And most of our lives are, resemble nothing but that. And I'm not trying to say this to be negative, but I'm even saying, everything I'm saying, I'm saying to myself right now. I know my attitude the last few days. And I'm saying, we need to believe God. We need to pull up our big boy pants and girl pants, and we need to take the thumb and the murmuring and complaining out of our mouth, and we need to believe God and walk in it. Be a blessing. Give a testimony. Most of us are giving nothing but a moaning. We need to give a testimony of the goodness of God. Even David said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken and begging for bread. Amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight at uh, 6 o'clock.